Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. We're talking today about the tyranny of the impossible. Because what man says is impossible is possible with God. Words like incurable, that's the voice of the tyrant. Impossible, it's the voice of the tyrant. Irreversible, it's the voice of the tyrant. Irreparable is the voice of the cruel, oppressive ruler. That word irreparable means an injury or loss impossible to rectify or repair. Is anything too hard for God? Is anything impossible for God? Nothing is impossible with God except one thing. It is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for God to prove false or deceive us. It is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Isaiah 14. It's past time for us to continue to listen to the voice of the cruel, oppressive ruler, otherwise known as the tyrant, or to live under the tyranny of the cruel, oppressive ruler. In Isaiah 14, this is the Passion, verses 3 and 4. In that day when the Lord has given you rest from your pain, your trouble, and your cruel bondage, you will jeer at the king of Babylon, that's the devil, and recite this proverb, Your oppressor has been stilled and your onslaught is over. Can you say that? My oppressor has been stilled and my onslaught is over. Do it again. I can't even hear you. My oppressor has been stilled and my onslaught is over. Get up on your feet. My oppressor has been stilled and my onslaught is over. Say it like you mean it. My oppressor has been stilled. And my onslaught is over again without me. I can't hear you. I still can't hear you. That's better. Sit down. The Lord has shattered the staff of the wicked, the brutal rod of the rulers. With their unceasing blows, they used it cruelly to strike down nations. They subdued nations in anger with unrelenting persecution. But now the whole earth rests and is at peace. It burst out with singing. When? When your oppressor has been stilled and your onslaught is over. For this reason, the Son of God appeared that he may destroy Loosen, dissolve, and untie the works the devil has done. For this reason he appeared. What are we doing? 
Don't ever let me hear you say, the devil, the devil, the devil. I don't want to talk about him. My Bible says he's been disarmed of power. My Bible says that Jesus triumphed over him openly in front of every demon in hell. And so it is so. I just don't feel like it. Well, then go ahead and have your head bashed in. But don't come crying to me. But it's irreparable. Jesus healed the man with the withered hand. It was irreparable. Malchus had his ear cut off by Peter. And I guess Jesus has super glue. Because he put it right back. It was irreparable. What about the leper? The leper's nose eaten off by that horrible disease. His eyes bulging out. It was irreparable. Jesus healed them. Even the nine that didn't thank him. What is impossible with God? Nothing. Except it is impossible for God to lie. And speaking of impossible, by the sperm of God, he put a baby in the womb of a virgin. And we shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And he still is. He changes not. The voice of the tyrant will make your heart sink. It will cause you to be depressed, discouraged, despairing. But the voice of truth speaks life and joy and peace and breakthrough. I made a decision. That's the only voice I'm going to listen to. In the voice in Isaiah 4, it says, How silent and still the oppressor, the pressure is gone. The raging is done. I'm taking it. But it won't happen if you don't listen to the voice of truth. What is truth? John 17, 17, Jesus said, my word is truth. Romans 1, 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is God's power working onto salvation for deliverance to everyone who believes with a personal trust and a confident surrender and firm reliance to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Today is election day in case you don't know. I believe the government rests on the shoulders of Jesus. I don't believe any man can save us. I believe Jesus can save us. His kingdom come. His will be done in the United States of America as it is in heaven. May the courts of heaven rule. The report of man stems from ignorance of the dunamis power of the cross. The cross is the power of God unto salvation. The cross redeemed us from the dominion of sin, iniquity, transgression, sickness, disease, poverty, and lack. The blood was not shed for naught. It is the power of God, and the blood still speaks from the courts of heaven. Will you honor his blood? I haven't gotten to my message yet. The blood of the cross reverses the report of the world. As Vita shared today, 
what came forth in prayer is that the Lord was bringing freedom. We are getting ready to exit another year and go into 2023. And the Lord has said in 2023, we will be free. And I will not accept anything short of that. Free from what? Everything Jesus died to redeem us from. It has been my prayer for a very long time. Ever since, I don't remember. Pam, do you remember where we were going? We were going downtown. I was going to speak. You were with me. Tiffany, I don't remember. if you, I think you were with me too. We were driving in the car. Which you know I don't like to drive. Why did you let me drive downtown? I just don't understand. What? We did that many times. But this was one particular time though. But we, we passed by Krista Santa Rosa Children's Hospital. And I remember looking at that. And my heart was ready to explode that children, innocent children, ravaged by disease. And I remember saying, Lord Jesus, may that hospital be empty. And I still say it today. But here's the problem. Believers say right things about God. I hear believers say wrong things about God. I've been getting texts lately from believers Why, God, why is God letting this happen? I prayed my heart out. These are good people. Why, why, why? You can't say wrong things about God and expect the power of God. Let's look at Job. Job 40, verse 1. The Lord said to Job, the Lord said to Job. Now, Job is in trouble at this point. Shall he who would find fault with the Almighty contend with him? He who disputes with God, let him answer it. Then Job replied to the Lord, Behold, I am a small account and vile. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand upon my mouth. That's a good idea. In today's terms, shut up. If you can't say right things about God, shut up. I have spoken once, but I will not reply again. Indeed, twice have I answered, but I will proceed no further. That's wisdom. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind, saying, Gird up your loins now like a man. I will demand of you when you answer me. Will you also annul my judgment? Will you condemn me, your God, that you may appear righteous and justified? You realize that's what we do? We blame God for the works of the devil, and then we, we try to put it on the Lord. Have you an arm like God, or can you thunder with a voice like his? Since you question the manner of the Almighty's rule, deck yourself now with the excellency and dignity of the supreme ruler, and yourself undertake the government of the world if you are so wise, and array yourself with honor and majesty. You know, on a small scale, this reminds me of my husband watching an A&M game. Talking from his chair, yelling at the coach, the referees, the team. And I just look at him and go, what are you doing? You haven't played football since ninth grade. And yet, on a big scale, we do the same thing with the Lord. We tell him how to run the universe. Job 41, 10 and 11 and 33 and 34. 
No one is so fierce and foolhardy that he dares to stir up the crocodile. Who then is he who can stand before me? The beast creator or dares to contend with me. Who has first given to me that I should repay him, says the Lord. Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. Therefore, who can claim against God, God who made the unmastered crocodile? Not even Crocodile Dundee could make a claim against the Almighty. Upon earth, there is none like the crocodile's equal, a creature made without fear, and he behaves fearlessly. He looks almighty in the face without terror. He is monarch over all the sons of pride. And now, Job, who are you who dares not arouse the unmastered crocodile? Yet does who dares resist me, the beast creator, to my face? Everything under the heavens is mine, therefore, who can have a claim against God? You better heed these words because I'm telling you, I hear Christians do this all the time. All the time. And let me tell you one of the worst things you can say. Lord, they're a good person. Why are you letting this happen? Good doesn't get you to heaven. There's a lot of good people. The only thing that will get you into heaven is giving your heart to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Forgive me for my sins, Lord. I invite you to live in my heart because he's standing at the door and knocking. But the choice is ours. Job 42, 1 through 7. So Job wakes up. And by the way, another good Bible example. Now, Job is the oldest written book in the Bible. But another great example is Ezekiel in verse, chapter 37. When God said, son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, you know. When God asks you a question, let me give you some advice. <laughs> Just say, Lord, you know. Can these bones live, Lord, you know? And then he'll tell you what to do about it. Just like he told Ezekiel, we'll prophesy to the breath and say, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. And as I prophesied, the bones came together, bone to its bone, and then flesh came on the bones. And they stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. But don't be talking back to God. How many of you like it when your children talk back to you? I mean, you just want to shut them up. Don't talk back to God. So God, Job said to the Lord, I know you can do all things and no thought or purpose of yours can be restrained or thwarted. You said to me, Lord, who is this that darkens and obscures counsel by words without knowledge? Therefore, I now see I have rashly uttered what I did not understand. That's wisdom. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. I had virtually said to you what you have said to me. Here I beseech you and I will speak. I will demand of you and you declare to me. I had heard of you only by the hearing of the ear. And now my spiritual eye sees you. Therefore, I've done this many times. I loathe my words. And I abhor myself and I repent. After the Lord had spoken the previous words to Job... The Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, my wrath is kindled against you and your friends, for you have not spoken to me the thing that is right as my servant Job has. Say right things about God. Say right things about God. If you've uttered wrong things and you need to repent, just like Job did, I abhor myself and I repent in dust and ashes. I loathe my words, cover them with the blood of Jesus. 
Send your angels to cause crop failure on every word I've spoken that is not in line with your word. Okay, where am I? I don't even know where I am. Ah. You silence the voice of the tyrant by speaking the truth, which is the word of God, and that's all there is to it. From the beginning of time, the beginning of time, Adam complained about God. Do you remember in Job, I mean, excuse me, in Genesis 3, God said, Adam, where are you? Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree I told you not to eat of? And what did Adam say? It was the woman you gave me. So ultimately, he blamed God. God, it's your fault. I mean, you gave me this babe, and I was just full of lust. I just could not choose you over her. It's your fault. You should have made her ugly. From the beginning of time, man blamed God. Why would you blame God for the works of the devil and by your own wrong choices? Remember what Jeremiah did? He told God how good he was. I didn't sit, I didn't sit with merrymakers. Because of your hand upon me, I sat alone. Why is my pain incurable refusing to be healed? He blamed God. Will you be to me like a deceitful brook with waters that are unreliable? And the Lord listened and he said, excuse me. If you return and you give up your mistaken tone of distrust and despair regarding my faithfulness, if you do this, Lord, then I will again give you a settled place of quiet and safety. And if you, Jeremiah, separate the precious from the vile, cleansing your own heart from unworthy suspicions, then I will make you my mouthpiece. And that's Jeremiah 15, 17 through 19, if, if you don't know. How about John chapter 5, the man at the pool of Bethesda? 38 years he laid there waiting for the tradition. Remember we said last week, that was the culture. That was a tradition passed down. God doesn't roll dice. So oh, the first to get in gets healed. That's not the Lord. Jesus healed them all. And I've told you many times that my very favorite, if you've ever seen the series, The Chosen, if you haven't, you need to go ahead and watch it. It's so excellent. But my very, very favorite part was the man at the pool of Bethesda. When Jesus went to him and said, do you want to get well? And the guy goes, well, I have no man. He blames people. I have no man. And Jesus said to him, you don't need them. You only need me. And I actually believe that. <laughs> I actually believe that with my whole heart. And so the man said, the tyrant said, I have no one. And Jesus said, arise, take up your bed and walk. Because he's not a tyrant. You have no one. You're alone. Feel sorry for yourself. Jesus said, get up from your bed of self-pity. Take up your bed and walk. I, I, I like Jesus. Malachi 3, 14, another people that said wrong things about God. You have said it is useless to serve God. And what profit is it if we keep his ordinances and walk gloomily as if in mourning before the Lord? And now we consider the proud and arrogant to be happy and favored. Evildoers are exalted and prosper. Yes, and when they test God, they escape unpunished. I've actually had people say this to me. Why is my ex-husband so blessed? And look, he ran off with that other woman and they're happy and I'm miserable. I've, I've had so many women say that to me. 
And my response is always the same, so let me get it over with so I never have to say it again. <laughs> Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that and that alone shall he reap. He who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap life. Period. You may not see it right away because you always reap in a different season than you sow. And I'm not wishing bad on anybody. But don't say it's useless to serve God. What profit is it if we obey him? Look, the disobedient are blessed. That's saying wrong things about God. Now listen, verse 16, Malachi 3. Then those who feared the Lord talked often to one another, and the Lord listened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who reverenced and feared the Lord and who thought on his name. What is God writing about you in his diary? And they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in that day when I publicly recognize and openly declare them to be my jewels and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him and you will return and discern between the righteous and the wicked and between him who serves God and him who does not serve God. God said there shall be a clear distinction between those who serve him and those who don't. One of my very favorite things, you're going to be hearing from Pam in a little bit, and the, one of my very favorite things that has ever happened in these meetings happened probably 35, 36 years ago during worship. And Pam got up and sang, there is sunshine in Goshen. And I'll never forget it because you know what? There was darkness all over the earth, but in Goshen there was light. There was a curse on Egypt, but in Goshen there was blessing. And that has stuck with me. Every year I take our Christmas card, which has our whole family on it, and I write scriptures on that card. And one of them I put is, we are a people of Goshen. And in the morning when I plead the blood of Jesus over my family, I look at each member of my family and I sprinkle the blood, spirit, soul, and body. And I declare what God says over my family. You've got to be diligent. Diligent. This is not about wishful thinking, hoping, and praying. It's about deliberate, or as the young generation says, intentionality. Sometimes I think if I hear that word one more time, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but that's what they say. Malachi 4, 1, Behold, the day comes and burns like an oven, and all the proud and arrogant, and all who do wickedly and are lawless shall be stubble. The day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. Don't worry about the, the wicked. God will take care of them. But unto you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. And I love this part. And you will go forth and gamble like a calf released from the stall, and you will leap for joy, and you will tread down the lawless and wicked, and they will be ashes under the soles of your feet. And that very tyrant that oppressed you, you are going to put your feet on those tyrants, those cruel, oppressive rules, rulers, that cruel, oppressive voice. You're going to put your feet on that voice, and it will be ashes under the soles of your feet. You know, last week we saw how, how uh, people spoke wrong things about God. Mary, uh, Martha said, don't you care that my sister is not helping me when she was sitting at the feet of Jesus? You know, complaining is very dangerous. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes about complaining, and, and I'm going to call Pam up in a, in a little bit. 
But the voice of the tyrant always complains, and the voice of the tyrant will incite you to complain, and complaining is one of the most dangerous things you can do. Oh, no, no, no. We judge sin. We go, this is the bad sin, and this is the little sin. In the denomination I grew up in, there was the mortal sin, and there was the venial sin. That is a lie from hell. Sin is sin. Consequences might be different. How many of you know, if I lie to Janice, I'm not going to go to jail. But if I shoot and kill her, I am. I love you, Janice. I'm not going to do that. Either of those. So the consequence is different. But the book of James says that the law is like a chain. And if you break one, the chain breaks. So don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. And... Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10, 10, I have a friend, she, I led her to the Lord, brand new believer. And she came to me one, one day and she was shaking. And she said, Sandy, I just had the most troubling dream. She said, in the dream, I saw, you know how those little planes carry those banners in the sky? Sometimes you see this. And on the banner was 1 Corinthians 10, 10. She said, I didn't even know what that was. And she found it in the Bible. And it said, nor complained as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. And she went to her husband. She had little children at the time. And she said, "Uh, do I complain about the children? And he said, well, yes, sometimes you do. When she repented really fast. Brand new believer. I come from a family history of complaining. I have one relative that says, I'm not happy if I'm not complaining. And that sounds really funny, but let me tell you something. You want to get in trouble with heaven? You want to block the blessing? Stop complaining. Now, I have one daughter, my oldest two. I won't name who they are, but my oldest two. (laughs) If I said to them, uh, do I complain? They'd say, oh, no, mom, you're wonderful. But the youngest don't have a youngest. It's my opinion. My youngest, I said to her one day, because there was this intense complaining going on, you know, in the family member, and I said, uh, you know, don't, I just hit me if I ever complain like that. She goes, well, you do. (laughs) I said, I certainly do not. She said, you do. I said, you just give me an example right now. She gave me this lame example. It was completely (laughs) invalid. But you know what? I still said, Lord, if that appears like complaining, then I repent. I don't want, I mean, I was walking here. I told Tiffany, I said, wow, it feels like summer. No, that was not complaining. That's a statement because it's supposed to get cold this weekend. So you can state a fact and not be complaining. Apparently, my youngest, who I will not name, does not know that. Complaining is devil's food. The Greek word, oddly, is number 1111. And I don't know how to say it. Gog uzo. It means to mutter, murmur, grumble with muffled undertones and smoldering discontent. That's a horrible definition. Proverbs 4.20. My son, attend to my words, consent, and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. They are life to those who find them, health to all their flesh. There's God's prescription for health right there. Let your word, let his word be in your eyes, your ears, your heart, your mouth. 
Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, out of it flow the springs of life. Put away from you false and dishonest speech and willful and contrary talk put far from you. Let your eyes look right on with fixed purpose. Let your gaze be straight before you. Consider well the path of your feet and let all your ways be established in order to right. Turn not aside to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. I'm telling you, you just obey these verses and you will live a victorious life. Psalm 4, 3. I, I love this. Know that the Lord has set apart for himself the godly person. The Lord listens and heeds when I call to him. Be angry and sin not. Commune with your own hearts upon your beds and be silent. Sorry for the things you say in your hearts. Many say, oh, that we might see some good. Lift up the light of your countenance upon us, O Lord. You put more joy and rejoicing in my heart than they know when their wheat and you wine have yielded abundantly. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety and confident trust. I read this because I, was, uh, I noticed when I was waking up in the morning, I, was, I, I felt tension in my body when I was waking up. My hands felt tense. My back felt tense. I felt tense. I said, Lord, what's going on? The Lord spoke to me. He said, enforce my word over your sleep. You have not been doing this. Some of you need to hear this. So I got out four by six index card. I wrote this psalm on that card. Before I go to sleep, I say, in peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I say, um, uh, psalm, what is it? Uh, 127. Lord, thank you that you give to your beloved even in your sleep. And then there's another one in Proverbs 3. And I just speak that over myself, and I've been sleeping really well. But you've got to enforce the word of God. In other words, make a claim on it, that it's your truth. All things are possible with God. The tyrant will tell you otherwise. Matthew 17, 20. Jesus said, because of the littleness of your faith... I truly say to you, because they wondered why they couldn't, didn't have the power he had. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but all things are possible with God. Mark 10, 27, Jesus glanced at them and said, with man, it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Luke 1, 37, for with God, nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. So, the question is, what are you believing? Luke 18, 27, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Hebrews 6, 18, by two unchangeable things, it is impossible for God to ever prove false or deceive us, we who have fled to him for refuge. And Hebrews eleven six. 6, without faith, I quoted this earlier, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would come near to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now let's put the tyrant to death. I'm going to read you some scriptures and then Pam is going to come up here and share something I've asked her to share. Isaiah 25, 4, you've been a stronghold for the helpless, a stronghold for the poor, a shelter from the storm, a shade from the heat. For the breath of tyrants is like a rainstorm against a wall. 
Isaiah 29, 20, the tyrant will come to an end. Isaiah 49, 24, can the spoils of war be taken from the mighty man or the captives of a tyrant be rescued? And the word says, yes, surely the people will be rescued from the hands of the tyrant. Jeremiah 15, 21, I will rescue you from the hand of the wicked and I will redeem you from the palm of the terrible and ruthless tyrant. Colossians 1, 12 and 13, your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness. And he has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. And remember, I gave you my new address. It is 911 Heaven's Courts, Kingdom of God, USA. 55577. Perfect numbers. Pam, I want you to come up here. You can just take this microphone. She's going to stand on the floor. And I asked her last week, some of you that were here for worship know that she shared a very powerful declaration and decree that the Holy Spirit gave to her. I've asked her to share it publicly. And then I'm going to read to you a prophetic, powerful word, and we'll close. Go ahead, Pam. Uh, last Monday night, I awoke, uh, and it, uh, I was in between sleep and Awakeness is what I want to say. And in that time, I began to have a, a, a word from the Lord. And what he said to me was, in my 75th year, my life changed. Slowly, my legs began to regenerate, and I had the knees and calves of a young woman. They will... Be, they are designed and sent straight from heaven. I will also lose a lot of weight. Joy and strength flooded my soul and my body. I laid hands on the sick and they will recover. I saw God do a miracle in my 75th year. I wrote this down in the dark as I was hearing it. And then an angel came into the room and he grabbed what I had written down and he took it to the hall of design in heaven. Now, I know that was an angel and that was true because I didn't know there was a hall of design in heaven and you don't either, but there is. And I looked at the clock and it was 333. That's a pretty powerful number. Now, I want to tell you that I have been having knee issues and can, had great difficulty walking. And I have been seeking God because he is my healer. And I said, you are my healer. You are my physician. How do you intend to heal me? Do you do are you going to do something supernatural? Do you want me to use a medical doctor for this? What do you want to do? And I have been waiting on him to give me the plan that he has to heal me. Now, I want you to know I am in my 75th year. This is my season before my end 
of this year, I will be healed. For the Lord has spoken to me already that he was going to heal me, that he was going to regenerate my legs. I would have the legs of a young woman. I will run and not grow weary. I will walk and not faint. And now why I'm standing up here, I believe from Sandy, is that I want to ask you, what are you believing for? And what promise of God do you have? I have my promise now. And every morning I get up and I say, I thank you, Lord. I am in my 75th year. And this is the year of regeneration. But he also said I was going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. And so I thank him every morning that I have holy hands that are worthy to lay hands on people. And people are going to be healed by the very fact that he said so. So the angel is right this moment has taken my need to the hall of design and they're working it out right now exactly what day of my 75th year I'm going to be healed. So what are you going to do in your whatever year you're in? I mean, we have people here in their teens. We have people here in their 80s. So what, what are you going to do? What is God going to do for you? Begin to declare that in your whatever year you're in, Ask him for his design. Ask him for his pattern. Ask him what is he writing in his diary about you and receive it and walk it out. You know, I, I love the ruby red slippers of Dorothy. And I don't care if you like the Wizard of Oz or not. It's not about a show. But when my granddaughter, Abigail, was at the Smithsonian Institute, she sent me a picture of those ruby red slippers. She goes, Mimi, look. And she was standing right in front of the case, and Dorothy's slippers are in the, the Smithsonian Institute. Of course, you know me. I said, I want those. <laughs> but the truth is, we wear ruby red slippers covered with the blood of Jesus. And his blood speaks from heaven. Will you honor the power of his blood? Will you honor the power of his blood? No foe can withstand. Heed his voice. I'm going to close with reading. This came out on November 7th, which was, of course, yesterday. And this is Russ Walden. And I thought this is not a coincidence. The father says today, have an appetite for the impossible. Be famished for the challenge of pursuing the implausible the unlikely, astonishing impossibilities that will become your reality in me. Refuse to allow your walk with me to become boring by always choosing the easy way. Be like Caleb of old, whose heart panted for the good fight of faith. There is only one good fight of faith, says the Father, and that is the fight you win. If you simply shake off the chains of capitulation and compromise, I will redirect your path into more than you can ever ask or think territory. This is your time. This is your day. Dispense with those anemic generalized prayers and plans. Get tough with yourself and wake up to your entitlements as a son or daughter of the Most High and a warrior in my kingdom. 
Are you hungering and thirsting for righteousness? Does your heart cry out to see your prayers answered in a conspicuous way? Are you willing to make gains in my kingdom that will offend every religious mentality in your life? They come up with convoluted and sophisticated lies explaining away their powerlessness. I am about to cut through the tissues of their falsehood and establish you in your, their midst as a vibrant and victorious warrior. Even one who has the courage to snatch the prey from the mouth of the enemy and gain souls for your labor that others have written off as lost forever. Step up, says the father, and step forward. This is your hour of renewal and victory. So, Father, we agree with your word in the name of Jesus. And we say in this year of our life, what you have promised will come to pass. And thank you, Lord, that you've sent angels to the hall of design to bring heaven to earth through the faith we have in you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting ChosenEssay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.